Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Hey guys, welcome to Talk Tennis. We had the chance to talk to Dennis Fabian from Ahead. You guys love him. And on the message boards, you came up with so many amazing questions for him regarding head string, but specifically, we're kind of showcasing head link spin squared. And we had to break this episode up into two because there's so many questions and we wanted to make sure we got to all of the ones that were relevant to this chatter. So we did our best to answer all of them. And here's the first episode. Enjoy. Welcome to Talk Tennis. We have one of your guys' favorite guests. The people have spoken and they love Dennis. Dennis, they love you from Head. He's literally at Head's headquarters. Tell us your full title and what exactly your day-to-day kind of job is, Dennis. So first of all, thanks. Like, I don't know if anyone sees I'm getting red by all, <laughs> all these, uh, getting those props. Um, now, my full title is actually a um, good question. Like, it's Global business manager for rackets, bags, accessories, and uh, I'm also fully responsible for pickleball globally, even though it's a mainly played U.S. sport. But yeah, um, we we also see a lot of interest coming up in Asia and here in Europe, actually, for pickleball. Um, Basically, within my team, there are a a few um, product managers and us together, yeah, we, we work with all the countries, with the sales reps, with the sales forces, with you guys as our key customers to kind of yeah, create the latest and best product we can um, as best to our ability and to match the needs of, of everyone. And I think one of the reasons why we are on the call is like if we nailed it with, with that string or if we didn't, so <laughs> we will see. <laughs> Well, and I think one of the reasons why the audience loves you so much is you're very genuine and you're as honest as you can be. And it never really feels like marketing fluff, if that makes sense. Whereas sometimes in the industry, we hear a lot of, well, this is going to add power, spin, control and make you an amazing player. And you can kind of like speak a little bit more into this is why we developed this and this is how it came to be this color and this is why it feels the way it feels. So... Thank you for joining again. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, it's it's always fun, and and I love to do the things and like like looking at the the questions that you have sent over and the amount of questions. There seems to be a lot of interest, and obviously it depends on the audience, right? Like, right. I mean, if if we look into the forum, there are people um, that that know what they are talking about. They know what they are asking. They know what they want to know. Um, So if I would come up with, let's say, a typical leaflet marketing approach or reading down the packaging, um, I think um, I would be uh, put in place pretty quick with comments. So (laughs) I don't want to take any risks. Yes. Well, and this whole episode came about because we are doing a head link spin squared playtest on the Talk Tennis message board. And we gave everyone an opportunity to ask all the questions and they came in hot. We have like four pages of questions. We're going to do our best to get through. And if they aren't all answered in this episode, we'll do our best to get them answered in a second episode. And we're starting with links spin squared. However, 
There's a ton of really cool questions. And before we actually get into Link Spin Squared, something that I know I've asked you before, but it's still a little bit confusing, but I think I have the answer, but like, I'd rather hear it from you. Could you run through the head string lineup from top to bottom and explain the different families? Yeah, sure. So we try to, as, as there are like, it's different than in tennis rackets, obviously, like there are for sure a lot of brands, but even in strings, there are even more brands, right? So the biggest challenge you always have to kind of, um, yeah, get the consumer's attention, get the retailer's attention to your product line and also get the right understanding to like direct any consumer, any retailer, any person who is interested in your product in the right direction. Obviously, as like in, in any industry, you have different price points, um, which and I have seen this in some of the like in a lot of questions there always comes in like if it's more expensive, it must be better like or if it's more expensive, it must be the best. And this doesn't correlate necessarily. It's it's the cost like uh, depend on on obviously the production cost and and depending on how you 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 do it and also how you want to position and for who you are developing the strings overall uh, what the strings need in production right so um, we have three families basically and that's how we are trying to build this up um, we on the monofilament side we have the hawk family um, that that includes hawk hawk touch uh, and now hawk power obviously which is the latest edition. Hawk is absolutely for someone who needs like pure control, like pure control and durability. Like, and, and it's for the person that can really hit hard, like that really forces the string uh, and, and, and forces the racket to go to its limit. Um, so it's, it's probably like a smaller part of the market overall. Um, that's also one of the reasons why Hawk Touch came into play because we wanted to make this more accessible for, let's say, a wider audience, but still a very specific audience. Again, players who really hit hard, who, who can like force a string to, to move and, and to get the right snapback and all of this. And then we, the latest edition was something that we wanted something more powerful as well in this category, like from an impact feel. And, we can always debate in regards to measurements on in the lab or with like the um, trackman and all of this or like a perception right like sometimes you hear comments where people tell you oh this i don't have any control you it's hard to judge somebody by perception anyway like hawk power is the one that probably gives the most power like the most feedback um, the, the, but has also like the softest impact feel in, in the Hawk family. Uh, then it gets to like our mid, this is our premium price point because those strings are actually very expensive to produce. Um, this has to do with the raw materials, but it has also to do with the um, production process and um, how long it takes to actually get them produced. Um, the other um, family that, that is very popular for us and probably our most sold ones is the Lynx family. Um, here we have the regular Lynx string and I also saw one of the questions, why is this like a little bit falling off the tree um, and not really promoted. Uh, Lynx is like actually, on, um, we have six tour silos in our record collection and on four of those, 
um, in um, nearly all over the world where people buy pre-strung rackets, even tour rackets. Like in the US, it's less common than it is in Europe or Asia. We actually have Lynx in our rackets pre-strung, only in Radical and Extreme. We use Lynx Tour to support the messaging of those two rackets. So Lynx is actually one of our most um, used and um, most sold strings. Um, it's kind of that everybody's darling string, right? Like it's, you can't go wrong. Like it doesn't do anything in particular really, really outstandingly well, but it also doesn't do anything or it doesn't harm anyone. So it's kind of a, if you try, if you play test rackets and you kind of want to take the string a little bit out of the equation, um, it's probably Lynx where you would want to go to. It's not really stiff, it's not super soft, but yeah. Um, then we obviously wanted to add something to the Lynx family, um, in all fairness, also to compete against some of our competitors. And I mentioned that previously as well, like Solinko. So we added Lynx Tour to, to the portfolio as a shaped version, a little bit stiffer, a little bit more demanding from a player side, of, but still addressing like a wider audience than any of the Hawk strings. And then we wanted something for like the younger audience, which is um, like Lynx Touch or for either for the younger ones who shouldn't play like stiffer monofilaments and don't want to play any multifilaments anymore. Um, we wanted to have this, this string, which is called Lynx Touch, as I said, which is kind of a co-extruded string, um, which has a, a softer inside and a stiffer outside, which kind of is a hybrid in itself. It's also for like the uh, older generation of players that maybe play like MP light rackets or like super light rackets or like a team or team light frame um, who don't want to get back to multifilament because they don't feel the same sensation when playing with multi compared to a monofilament. But it's, it's, it's not harsh on anyone's arm. So it's a really arm-friendly monofilament string, as much as you can say it about monofilaments. It's always hesitant, you know? Like I already can foresee some of the comments. This guy told that monofilaments are arm-friendly. Anyway, then there is like Sonic Pro, which has been like in the market, I think much longer than I'm with Head. Um, it has been kind of the first really successful monofilament string for Head. It has done really well. Uh, position on a very aggressive price point, um, also very good durability, not really harsh on the arm. Um, and, and it's just a nice string for the time it has been introduced. You know, you always need to see what's possible with new methods, new additives, new production, new knowledge, because we constantly push ourselves to learn more of uh, how to produce strings and, and also how the game changes. So it's not never static, right? So. I hope that gave everyone like a, a little bit of an overview. Yes. And no, that's... I don't know if, if you still want to know about the multifilament side of things. So, I mean, I think that there are people that would love to hear more. I know we have some questions about the multifilament. So if you want to go over that now or we can jump into it later, might as well keep going, though, because this is great. And we're going to be talking about hybrids and um, link spin squared is a polyhybrid, but maybe jump in about the multis as well. Yeah, sure. So like the same thing here, we like had has has been actually pretty successful with multifilaments also in the past. Like I mentioned, rip control, which pop up here in some of the questions. We have IntelliTour. Uh, there, there are um, FXP. There, there are others. Uh, nevertheless, we try to reorganize our multifilament lineup as well and build those families. So we have the Reflex family. 
The reflex is um, actually, and this is taking advantage of one of the questions here, it's a PU-based um, metrics and uh, a PU-based bonding system with PA filaments. Um, that means it's a super soft string. Like it's really like super soft. If, if, you, if you want the, the least impact kind of feel vibration, you go with reflex. Then um, the, the family underneath, kind of the mid price point, is velocity, which is a PA-based bonding matrix. Also, filaments are um, PA. Um, it's a little bit stiffer. It's, it's a little bit firmer. It's, it gives you more feedback. It's more a controlled-oriented multi-filament string. And I think uh, what I see from all the reports, retail reports, etc., in the US, it has been incredibly successful over the past uh, years since it got introduced. Um, in general, like uh, this is one question that came up here as well. There are two PA versions that we are selecting of. It's PA66 or PA11. It's not really a secret in the industry. Uh, usually PA11 is a little bit softer. PA66 tends to be a little bit more stiff. Um, and then obviously, last but not least, and still one of the most popular strings in, specifically in the US is synthetic gut. If you don't have a synthetic gut in your lineup, you're not a string company, right? Like I think uh, that's what everyone can tell, um, at least for the US market. So it's a very traditional synthetic gut construction. I think we are pretty well set up, really successful and yeah. And we want to build on this. So we are in the works for the three families um, to release new strings. But that will take a little bit more time than on the monofilament side. But like I'm pretty excited once they hit the market, they will be fun to play. And I think we are working on at least one, if not two, game changers here. Wow. Okay. Big things coming. That's exciting. Okay. We're going to talk a little bit specifically about Lynx Spin Squared. And I am going to do my best to not interject my personal questions so we can grind through these. But um, I'd like you to kind of introduce this string and what it is and who it's for. And then the first question on my list kind of goes into that and is how do the mains and crosses of Link Spin Squared work together to enhance spin? And does the stiffness of each string play any role with the spin potential? So that's a lot. That's a lot. Go. <laughs> Where to start? So yeah. how does this string? How, how did this string come to life? Actually, also as usual, um, there are funny stories that you don't plan, right? Yes, we love them. <laughs> I think it was in the end of 2019 when myself and a couple other people from headquarters we visited you guys in San Luis Obispo. And usually what I do is I, I usually bring a couple pre-strung rackets, blacked out rackets with me with some new strings where I don't tell anyone what's in there and just hand them around and ask like, what do you think? What do you think? Yeah. And we had this string in this purple blue colorway, as you remember. Yes. And um, kind of what I remember, we were all out of on these courts um, in, in your facility, I think, but we also went to another spot where there are four or five courts where we played because we were so many people. And what turned out is that everyone after this play test, one string was Hawk Power back then. That's where everyone came up with, what is this? We, okay. we want this. And the second one was Link Spin Square, where the name wasn't set by the time, but everyone was asking, what did you do here? Like, that's, that's interesting. That's like, we haven't played such a, such a combination. The two colors look cool. Like, 
And actually the whole conversation started because, and you heard me not adding lung spin square when I explained the um, segmentation of our strings, because that's the first string we ever have done exclusive for one of our partners. So um, the lung spin square in this orange and blue colorway is exclusive to you guys. Um, because you kind of convinced us as well um, kind of to bring it to market because your feedback has been incredible. And the reason why that string actually came to fruition has been that a guy from Austria won uh, Indian Wells in 2019. And we said, um, like, well, I could say, pardon my French, but <laughs> like they, they wouldn't be happy. Uh, at least this company wasn't excited that he won the, the tournament with our string. And he actually combined back then Lynx Tour with Hawk, which is like Lynx Tour is a little bit softer and shaped and Hawk is, as I said, very stiff, very control oriented. So uh, obviously that setup worked um, for us. We felt that this is a, we, we play tested it as well. Um, after a lot of pro players came back and wanted to try this combination because obviously it gave one of the best guys uh, an advantage. So we started to test as well and we looked into it and said like, well, it's, it's great to play, but it's demanding, you know, you need to have, and that's where we come now to the spin part of, of, of how, um, how spin is generated um, overall in, in strings. So basically it's demanding. So because if, if you don't have the, the, the swing speed of the racket, and if you don't force the string to, to really move, to bend, basically, mm -hmm. you don't generate the spin. And um, obviously, the pro players have a different swing speed. They play usually higher swing weight on their racket. So they force the string slightly different in terms to, like, if the main string moves on the cross, like, they force them more and they are able to force them more. And we wanted to create something that is... Yeah, for a wider audience, obviously, because otherwise you go into a very niche direction again and people might even become upset with, with the setup they use because it doesn't help them. So we kind of dialed down the stiffness a little bit on the cross string and we also made it uh, in 125 millimeter. Um, and the, the, the main string, we wanted something shaped and we made it a little bit softer actually. And the softer string on the thinner cross string that is stiffer helps basically to generate a little bit more snapback because you have less surface touching and you are more capable even with a slower swing speed and like lighter rackets to kind of force the string to, to, to move a little bit more and to generate that spin. I, it's very tough to explain on the podcast or on the screen, but I hope everyone can get like an idea of what I'm what I'm actually trying to say. No, that makes sense. And I know it's a lot to try to comprehend. But when you think about it, yes, it makes sense, especially when you kind of see even the impact when like the pros are hitting the ball, you see the deflection and the, the strings and all that. Um, and also... I'm really glad you told that story about how this string came about because I don't think I put the two and two together, which I'm going to blame Jadab or Chris for not letting me know about that because that's even cooler. And if people are curious about the colors and why it wasn't the proto of that we got to try of the purple and the blue, these are T-Dub colors. So. Correct. It's your colors. That's why we went this way. <laughs> and yeah, like with, with the spin potential, it's always a trade-off to some extent, right? 
as I said, like it's not only the string itself that generates the spin. It doesn't come automatically. Like, you know, like there is a lot of things that need to work together. Like, and, and mainly it's kind of which racket are you using? How heavy is the racket? How high is the swing weight of the frame? How fast and how much swing speed can you generate hitting the ball, uh, which then forces the string to move. And there are questions in here, like what does shaped and rough and what all of this does. So technically a round string in general might even deliver the most spin because you have the less surface touching and you have the less friction. However, it doesn't give an additional bite on the string. So then you, with, with a rougher string, you actually get that extra bite, but the string move it, movement becomes a little bit less. And then you got the shaped string, depending on how it is shaped and how it is strung actually, like you technically get even less friction or you get, get even more friction, sorry, and less string movement, but the shape will help to like bite the ball a little bit better. So, and then it all depends on who is playing. Yeah. So it's, it's really tough to give like, because there are, I, I think I went through all the questions prior. There are a lot of questions in here, like for like, some of them are very individual on individual needs. And if it just comes down to, to the string, it's very tough to answer them, actually. I, I will do my very best, but it's sometimes really tough um, because, like, you don't know the racket they are playing. They, then you don't know which strings uh, or which string pattern they are using. Have they customized the frame? So it's really tough to, you know, like, which grip they are using, kind of more continental, more Western grip, the technique, everything... It, it comes together. It's one you, like what seeing everything isolated. Like you don't just try the front wheel of your car. You you usually drive the entire car. <laughs> yeah. Right? So. Yeah. Well, and on the positive, the, every one of the playtesters really appreciate the string and enjoyed the enjoyed hitting it and have enjo like continue to enjoy hitting it. And I can say without a doubt, we all have different swing paths. We all have different rackets. We all have different swing speeds. We all play at different levels. So that is just encouragement for anyone listening who is into a poly or a monofilament in their string and is curious about more spin and maybe a different experience to try this one out. Um, now, you even explained that when you guys were creating it, you did work on getting, making sure that it was not too stiff. But one of the questions that we did have, is there going to be a softer version of head length spin squared? In general, we would be capable of doing it, obviously, but like we are also, and we need to be very open here as well. At the end, it's it's also like we need to have the business in mind. So it doesn't make sense. Like how high is the demand? I get it that people might be individual people are looking for it, but overall, like we cannot go and produce 500 sets and just bring it to market because the same people will then complain about not being able to make a selection because there are too many strings out there. <laughs> yes. And so it, it, to me, it also became a little bit too popular, to be honest with you. And sometimes I don't really understand that um, our competition is doing a lot of like, oh, now this is the softer version and this is the softer of the softer version. And it's to me, even that I'm like dealing with this pretty much every day and um, it's, it's getting tougher and tougher, you know. And so we want the purpose for each of our strings, and that's even tough enough to find it, uh, to find the spots within the, the portfolio. 
So I'm thinking maybe for this person, you would suggest a hybrid with a multifilament and a poly instead if they're looking for a softer experience, right? Or am I Um, off? Yeah, like one one thing this person might be uh, might want to try if he wants to have like a softer impact and still wants a level of spin, it would be interesting to try like a Lynx Tour uh, in 125 and do like Lynx Touch on the crosses in 125 if they don't want if they still want that monofilament feedback. Um, me personally, I can tell about myself like I play test a lot. And I like the impact feel of hybrid strings, but the moment I start swinging harder on the ball, I want full monofilament. Like I, I don't, I can't handle the hybrid sensation on higher swing speed. It's just not my 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 cup of tea. Like, and and it doesn't mean that this is bad or worse because if we now start comparing who is hybrid and who is full mono, I hear tough you. discussion. <laughs> It's okay. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I don't, we don't need, I like a monofilament hybrid. Let's be real. That's been fun. And actually, I'm trying to think we do have in one of our radical pros, there's two headstrings that are monofilaments. I could tell you the colors, but I couldn't, I don't know exactly. It might be Lynx Tour and Hawk Power. Is that weird? Maybe? I don't no, know. Sounds like Tita. Lynx Tour. Links to an orange might be might be in the radicals because it launched together with the radicals. Yes, definitely. Okay, they're asking if spin squared would be available in additional colors, and will Hawk Power also be addition available in additional colors? So I need to now uh, make a call to action to push everyone <laughs> to um, like to push TW to add on new colors and uh, like increase the offerings and start selling it really well then. No problem to add new colors. Right. I mean, as, as I said, as I said, we had the the purple and blue here. Let me pull it up. It's cool, you guys. Like I don't know if you can see it. So that's a fancy combination. It was fun to play. Um, we we could let's be let's be real let's be honest like we could do it but it's also a question of does it make sense from a business perspective I think once once that string is um, like established and I think there is a high potential it gets established then definitely we can talk about it Hawk Power additional colors um, not yet to be honest because we want to establish that petrol color and uh, honestly that was one of the most impressive feedback we got so far on Hawk Power that the color made everyone even more so curious to test it and but let's let's also do a call of action like send in the um, colors that you would want to see on those strings and we can make a selection and maybe we can call out the winner once we bring it to market uh, those people get a, a month supply on the strings or something i'm making promises here maybe i'm <laughs> like gonna get killed at some point but well, I was going, I'm trying to find the questions that relate to color also, because I'm sure most, well, we've got pretty smart listeners, but um, I'm not sure that everyone realizes that pigment can affect playability. So maybe you can talk a little bit about how color does affect monofilament strings. But the question that I saw was, does pigment affect inner string fiction for Maltese and Syngut? Whoa. <laughs> Now we're getting deep. <laughs> yeah, we're getting deep. So, like, one of the challenging things is, like, and, and again, I'm not an engineer, and I, I, I hope I don't come across as pretending on being one. So I really can only talk out of my experience working with some of the best engineers. 
And what I always got explained is like, even though the pigments of, uh, for the colors is like a very low percentage, I think we partly talk about like, if you have a bucket of 100% raw material, the color, pig, uh, the color parts are like somewhat between three and 5% of the entire material that it. Nevertheless, the, the, the color particles, they have an influence on the molecule structure during the process. So what we always do is we do um, playability tests to like keep the strings as close as they can be. One of the major challenges in string testing is that you can't do a blind test, right? So what it also means is if somebody doesn't like the color that he sees in that racket or the matchup, because so we always try to do this in blacked out racket, so it's neutral. But still, if you have a black frame with black strings, I guess out of 10 people, nine will like that combination just of the look. If you put like a whatever yellow string in there, maybe it's only going to be six to seven people. So, but that, that, it causes a reaction in your head immediately how you will like and if you want to see a difference in the string that you feel. So, and so the human factor cannot be like taken aside because from a measurement level, there is no difference. Like in the lab, we don't see any difference. And yet potentially, like if we can talk people in or out um, a lot. So if I step up on the court and tell anyone like with this hybrid, you won't feel as much spin as with the other one, they will, most people will be affected by your talk. So that also comes into play. I, so it's, a tough, it's a tough question to answer. You yeah. know? Like on balls, you remove the logo. It's a yellow yellow ball with felt and everything, and people play with it, and like you can't really do a blind test. It's nearly impossible on frames and strings because the experts who will test, they will know the, the mold or anything, and then they will look at it, even as much as you tell them, don't look at it and whatsoever. <laughs> so it is so interesting, the psychological side of it, and it's so true and like, when people do learn like, oh, maybe a black string plays slightly stiffer than a co like an orange string, then they like start freaking out. And it's like, but you probably wouldn't be able to differentiate that or depending on how long it's been sitting in your bag off the stringer. It's it's yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we'll move. We'll keep moving. Um, let's see. I love this question. This might be a long answer. This person asked, would also love to know the process of making a string. What are the additives that are added to the co-polymer string and the science and ideas behind adding certain additives? Is it a witch's brew to see what sticks or is it very method, method, meh, I can't say that word. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, so this, this, this person then pretends that we have a lot of witches sitting in our RV. <laughs> yeah. huh? We're just <laughs> maybe some magic. <laughs> We only do magic. Right? <laughs> now, yeah, obviously there there is a method behind it. Um, it 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 comes down to a lot of things. The additives are obviously chemicals in some sort of whatever structure they are. I need to admit that I'm not a chemical engineer. Uh, those people, but those people are involved, and also production engineers, like how a production is run. So, like. Yeah, to keep it short, because otherwise we would go really deep into the weeds. Like it's, I know everyone knows how pasta are made. I guess like they are squeezed out, and then the pasta comes out, and uh, 
And that's pretty much the same as like uh, strings are made or monofilament strings are made. They get extruded through a nozzle. The nozzle has either the shape, it's round, uh, uh, like the rough surface and all of this. And then it, 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 it's really like the method comes to when does the string get cooled down the first time? How does it get cooled? Is it cooled by air or water? Um, how much does it get um, stretched when it's cooled down? How much does it get stretched when it's warmed up again? And how many times do you like do this process over and over again? So some of the product production facilities are um, like 30, 40, 50 meter long. And um, we actually have one process that is split into two mach machines um, here in Austria. Um, where we follow a completely different production than in other facilities. So we also, and I think that's one of the questions here, like how do you look into playability and characteristics? And we, depending on what we want to achieve, we also select the factory that we work with because they can also, from the method, we know that this factory might be better to get to that playability than the other one because of the production itself, like the way it gets cooled, heated, and all of this. So we know what we are doing. Let's put it this way. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Um, and I'm we're bouncing all over here because there are so many questions. So if we go back to something, I apologize, but I'm sure it's still interesting. But what physical characteristics or playing qualities are you prioritizing most in the development of new strings? That's a kind of a loaded question. <laughs> It, it, it always depends on where, what you want to add to your portfolio, right? I mean, like, where, where do you see a need, like, that the game style has changed so much and for who are you developing this? Like, I think the question underneath are strings mostly developed with recreational players in mind. This, this ties into this, like, are strings most developed with recreational players in mind developed for specific players on tour? or for specific records. Everything is possible, basically. It's a matter of what we want to achieve, right? So if we really get the demand from our pro player team of like, hey, we, we are observing certain trends on tour because um, whatever, the game style changes, uh, more attacking, more from the baseline, and we don't feel that we have the right string in our portfolio. Let's sit down with the players, what they want, what they might uh, how they would describe what they are missing. Can we build a string on here? That's the pro player side. Same thing as we're trying to be out in the fields. We are trying to talk to people, to juniors, to coaches, to retailers. What are you missing? What do we need to adjust our portfolio? Are we set up well? Whatever. So it really depends on what we want to achieve. And then we kind of target and tailor the process to what we want to do. And in terms of the quality, I we would never sign off on a on a poor quality string. That doesn't mean that sometimes in production certain things can go wrong and there might be like some upset people because a string breaks too early. And in behalf of head here, like I can only apologize if that happened to anyone. It's just if you think about the, the miles of strings that get produced and that sometimes there can be yeah, mistakes happen, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, in the story that you, when we talked about Hawk Power, you talked about how it got delayed due to some issues with the factory. And that just proves you guys aren't going to just cut corners and be putting things out because like, oh, we need to put this out now. We're, we're going to make sure that everything's ready to go correctly. And the quality is, you know, whether it's for a tour player or uh, someone just starting tennis, it's going to be the same quality, which is awesome. 
Yeah, it needs to be. I think that's that's what what we as a brand. Maybe that sounds now like a little bit marketing, but that's what we stand for as head. I think we are not in a position to put shitty product out. Yeah. Um, there will always be one, two, um, hopefully not more people who would complain that certain things are missing or certain things are not living up to the quality they in their own mind would expect from us. But I think every brand has to deal with it. And sometimes it's tough to convince everyone. And if you're trying to convince everyone, you're actually tending to rather convince nobody anymore because you don't know what you're really doing. Well, and it's good to, I've said this before, I've said this many times, it's so interesting because with the rest of our industry, we see products cycle in and out basically every two years, every three years, we're getting new updated rackets, updated shoes, updated this. Strings are something that we see come into the into the market and if they're filling the need that they need to be filled, that needs to be filled, they're not going anywhere usually. You only see updates, maybe a new gauge or a new color, like that's how we see the updates. So you guys, it, which makes it, my point is, it's very exciting to hear that you have something that you're excited about that's coming into the market because I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that like you're not doing. So uh, knowing that like you have something potentially life-changing coming into the string silo is exciting because right now you're you're hitting a lot of marks and there should be a string for basically anyone right now in the head portfolio. So. I mean, let, let it be game-changing, not life-changing. Yeah. Like, if it's going to be life-changing, even better. But, like, I don't want to go that far. Like, I mean, uh, if... But, but if, 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 if somebody gets a, becomes a pro and wins the next Grand Slam with a string we are bringing on market, like, hey, like, I'm going to raise my hand for a fair share. But <laughs> Have you met tennis players? Like, if we have a good day on the court, it's like your whole world is great. Like, it, that true. would be life-changing. <laughs> Okay. okay. I, take I agree. It. I agree to that one. Yes, I take it. I take it. Okay. <laughs> I've been enjoying Mercedes setup. Head hawk touch with headlinks tour. Are there any other good combos of a hybrid in the head family? We kind of talked about this already, but are there any other ones that you know players are using or that you would suggest or to try it out? So one thing that's interesting on this on this question actually like in the first place it should upset me a little bit i didn't really like links bear been, been i took that out <laughs> but but um it's fine i think we should we should openly admit and and i think when i when i started to talk about why we made links spin square this customer is actually the perfect example so he seems to be a very good player because if he if he can like enjoy the setup of Hawk Touch and Lynx Tour as Musetti is playing. He must have a very good swing speed. And and that's why I would understand why he might not perfectly love Lynx Spin Square because it might, and, and he doesn't, unfortunately he doesn't write down why he doesn't like it, but I could see that it's maybe not enough control or it's it's too soft in terms of the impact. So actually in this regard, it would make sense and like, um, the interesting part of Mosetti's setup is that he plays it the other way around. So he plays the, the shape string on the crosses and the, the, the round string on the mains, which uh, for uh, whatever reason he ended up on this because I think his stringer did a mistake and then he liked it and he sticked with it. That. So that's kind of the, the funny part that yeah, happens to players. But just to explain why I could read out of this question how why he wouldn't like Lungspin Square, it would make sense if he plays that setup. Um, other good combos. Well, for, for this kind of person, he obviously likes the more firmer kind of feedback. 
Um, the only thing would be to really try Lynx Tour in the mains and Hawk on the crosses and go thinner with Hawk and thicker with Lynx Tour. That could be interesting for that person. Um, other than that, it's pretty rough because it's really more on the stiff side, you know. Um, he could try Hawk Touch and Hawk as a hybrid. Uh, also here, I would probably go with Hawk on the on the mains thinner and uh, thicker uh, on Hawk Touch or the same gauge, uh, but that potentially could sacrifice a little bit the bite on the ball. But those are like fairly for such a customer who is able to play that combo. It's probably the only recommendations I would get, and you obviously can play around a little bit. I also love how like tennis players, um, myself included, like we find something we love and we're like, but what else? <laughs> like what what's better? And it's like, love what you love. You can be okay just being like, this works great for me. But um, those are some great options to try out as well. Maybe you guys need to like come work for Tennis Warehouse because like our racket experts and stringers are constantly like playing around with hybrids and you're always like, what is in here with this? So that would be a fun experiment, um, just trying all the different polys in um, in a hybrid. Okay, you guys, I'm calling it quits on this episode. That was so much content. So we're going to push time out, keep recording, but we're going to bring you a second episode for the rest of the answers and more head tennis string chat. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out part two. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, happy hitting. Happy hitting.